God, I don't know. Bob's Bob's definitely not as straight up as Joe, but not in a bad way. Um, we have other coaches whose job. I don't is, know if there's anybody as straight up as Joe. No, so. there's, there's probably nobody that's ever been born as straight up as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's known. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 12 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. This week, since uh, Rob is gone, enjoying himself in Europe, uh, we reached out to Harrison Watt to discuss the Fair State sweep of Minnesota State. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. Great day. It's a great day to be a dog. Huskies, <laughs> Huskies are bulldogs. I'll take it. <laughs> that works. Uh, on top of the Minnesota State Fair State series, we'll recap the series with Northern Michigan, talk about the Joe Show. And maybe preview the LSSU series. We'll see how long this all takes. And we might actually take next week off. I think I need a break. And maybe we'll do one of our Patreon-only chats with somebody on Monday or Tuesday night instead of recording an episode since we've got a week off anyway. Uh, anything else big we want to talk about? Um, I don't think there was any super major happenings aside from the one we're about to talk about with Harrison. All right. Uh, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors and be back to chat with Harrison Watt. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Welcome back. Let's get right into things. Uh, how exactly did the Bulldogs pull off the the upset sweep in Mankato, Harrison? Uh, fairy dust and <laughs> Dan Campbell like grit and kneecaps deal. That was us this weekend. We went for Dan Campbell. That's when I need uh, a Detroit Lions reference this early in the night. Yeah, I would I would destroy a, a, a 10-story building brick by brick by myself for Dan Campbell. So that's probably what it took. <laughs> I, we Okay, so Friday, Friday we didn't have the puck almost at all. Um, and we scored twice on the two. Actually, they gave us like five odd man rushes on Friday. Um, they, they gave us a significant amount more than I thought they would. Uh, we blocked 27 shots. Uh, and as I've said to a couple of people, that's not really a strategy for winning a game when you when you're giving up so many shots that you got blocked twenty seven of them. Um, but we did it. Our uh, goaltending was really good. Really happy with Noah Keesbrecht. And then 
Saturday we had the puck significantly more. Um, yeah, I was I was looking at the analytics chart that I'm sure you're going to pull up and torch me with in a few minutes here, but some of the Saturday chances Minnesota State had that were in front of the net, they um, they look like high expected goals for, and I'm remembering a lot of them, and a lot of them they you know kind of flubbed the shot because there was a guy in their way or stick to stick, so. We gave them good chances, but I feel like we didn't give them as many good chances as as the shot chart looks like. And I thought I thought we didn't give them a lot of second chance opportunities. And you know, our, our guys, I'm really proud of our guys. It's no secret how much I cheer for our guys. Um, and it was it was really impressive, and they really deserved it. They've they've worked really hard for a long time to get to this point. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up stats here, and apparently uh, Saturday's box score is still not registering. Because apparently oh, Minnesota pretty, State yeah. didn't want to register it because they got their because <laughs> they lost, yep. I guess. For our better, listenership, better they're... tweet at tweet at Wodon again. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. tweet at him, but yeah, don't charge me for an app if it's not going to work right. I'm on their uh, schedule right now. I have the box score up here. Yeah, the box score works, but it's not showing. Oh, because Stein played. That's why you guys Logan actually used. Yeah, okay. So you switch goalies in them. Yeah. Okay. And the reason for that was um you know, we talked about Noah went thirty three for thirty four on Friday and we blocked twenty seven shots. But Noah Bob made a good point to me in the interview on Saturday morning. He goes, Noah doesn't know that we're gonna block the twenty seven shots. So add twenty seven to the thirty four he faced and he's preparing himself to stop those other fifty, sixty whatever shots they had on goal or okay. shot attempts they had. So he's in the crouch, the pucks in our end most of the game. So he thought it was more of a physically taxing game than like a 34-shot night. And Logan's played really well for us for the most part this year. He's He had a couple blow-up games in October, but uh, or in, in November, um, since Noah got hot. Uh, but we trust him, and obviously he came out and had a really good result the next night. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's good. Uh, well, I know it was the Friday night goalie that got goalie of the week right yeah yeah no i got it i actually i really and this would never have flown but i tried really hard when i nominated to perry to get the two of them to win it together i was like they really kind of deserve it in tandem but yeah. he, didn't, he didn't go for it he just went for the save percentage which is fine but yeah. um that's that's how we felt the coaches felt they both played equally well and i felt the same way just watching yeah no, it was all Bulldogs and I forget who else even won this week. Bowling Green swept at Lake State. I meant the those were the other recognized for players of the week, right? Was Oh yeah. Bowling uh, Green. Yep. Bowling Green got forward, then Bemidji got defenseman, and then you guys got goalie and rookie. Yes. Andrew Noel got Rookie of the Week. What did he do one night? Because he barely played the other night, didn't he? It was Friday. He didn't play very much. Um, so Saturday he comes out. And uh, so we put him on the power play because he's got a big, big heavy shot. Okay. And we put him, uh, top of the right circle is a left shot. So he comes in, takes a big shot. Rancier had to make an incredible blocker save. He takes a big one-timer that hits one of their defensemen in the knee and knocked him out for the rest of the night. Hope he's okay, but it, it looked ugly. And the puck came right back to him and went upstairs on the uh, third shot attempt for a goal. First college goal. Um, 
So excited for him. And then he ended up having the assist in the game winning goal later in the night. So, you know, the numbers, it's two points in their, his first two collegiate points, but he also blocked three shots that night. And I thought provided just kind of a, just, just kind of like a sandpaper type of effort for us. He's, he's a gritty guy. He's, he's a bit of a chatter. Sorry, my dog, if you hear my dog going nuts underneath me, but uh, Noel is a bit of a chatter. Um, can really get in guys' grills and get under their get under their skin. We love him. He's uh, he's a little bit out there, but definitely a, a key part of the weekend for us this weekend. Okay. <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for him, Matt? Um, trying to do some math here. <laughs> That's putting me on the spot, but um, let's see. Why Matt fly? No, <laughs> fly. But yeah, for our listenership, and I, I was trying to say this a little bit earlier, but there will be a special edition of Analytics with Augie dedicated to this uh, Ferris Mankato series, and it's gonna look a lot like you're expecting it to be. Those of you that pay to look at our faces are seeing Harrison not look very happy about that. But this is like what I was saying uh last week where. If every game was was you know played on a spreadsheet, there'd be no reason to 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 pay for the streaming services, buy tickets, go to the game. Like it's it's fun to watch the chaos of hockey, and nobody embodies chaos in the CCHA. Even this year, when it's been an absolute dogfight, like Ferris, and it's it's <laughs> it's tough for me to not root for you guys when that stuff happens because I I know it's 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 a double edged sword. Because one night I'm rooting for you guys, and the next night we're we're, we're getting burned by you in team chaos. So I'm really looking forward to how GLI is shaping up with uh, Michigan State being ranked, both uh, Tech and Western being ranked, and Ferris has more than proven they can take down a good team on any night. So I, I'm I'm thinking that tournament is really shaping up to be can't miss hockey. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you, Harrison. I don't I don't you know I, I've enjoyed being team chaos for the last couple of years. Like it is fun and it's fun on social media because people lose their minds when, when they lose to us. Um, but I kind of want that to be more of an expect, expected, you know, maybe not that you're going to lose to us every night, but that, you know, you're going to come into our rink and you're probably not walking out of there with six points. And, and that's kind of how the guys feel. The GLI I'm really excited for. Um, I don't know that I'm particularly, I, I would think particularly that Michigan state is our best matchup. Although they cooled off a little bit this past weekend to Minnesota. Um, so it's, it's waiting to see We're we're just trying to keep our, keep our attention on what's right in front of us. Cause Northern Michigan has actually given us more problems over the last few years than, than, uh, Minnesota state has. So we're, our guys are very much, um, focused on what's directly in front of them. Yeah. I know one thing that's, that's crazy to me. And, and I think we kind of talked about this before the season started where this, the, this season, with all the turnover at Minnesota State being probably one of the bigger reasons for it, it was. It always felt like this was going to be like um, the year where we only got an auto bid and that team wasn't even in the top 16. The the year Fair State was the only team that went, I think, right? And that, yeah. that, that feels like this year where we're all eating each other, screwing things up for the teams that are at the top or on the bubble with a weekend like Ferris had. I mean, you've got 
five different teams that are at getting between two and 1.7 points per game played. Northern's at 1.5, and then St. Thomas is almost at one, and then Lake State down at a quarter of a point. Like it's the other thing that's hard this year, and it seems worse than usual, is you know, like Bemidji, Ferris, and Lake State have four games in hand on Bowling Green Tech and St. Thomas right now. Like it, they haven't exactly played evenly, and it's going to be a while before it evens out it feels like like i think we're gonna be into february before we all get rolling of only having conference games um so that'll be interesting to see how this really shakes out because you know any of those six teams could still win it and and that's kind of crazy saying that in december yeah i think um it is a chaos here. I I kind of lament the fact that we didn't get the results we needed to in non-league play. Yeah. Uh, we were up 3 nothing on uh, – it was 3 nothing or 3-1. I think it was 3-1 on uh, Western Michigan at home. Like, that really bothers me still. Um, and, you know, both of us can really go a long way towards – I mean, maybe not a long way, but it's kind of like at the end of the semester when you have a certain grade and you're trying to get it up to that next – like half level. Um, yeah. Us, us and you both have a couple of non-conference games right around the holidays that can, uh, that can really help our leagues pairwise, but we really didn't. Uh, I, I don't, I guess I don't know what the pairwise or what the, our non-conference records are as a league, but I know ours is not awesome. We, we could have done better. I think we're fourth, but it's not like the top three are much higher than yeah. us. And that could have, um, that could have really changed where our league pairwise is at. So yeah, and until we it's tough when you when you have some of those early season non conference games because a lot of our teams are not really fully formed until February and some of those teams are like it's like, oh, we're going on the road to play Michigan who's got like ten NHL draft picks and you're not all the way together yet. Where if you play a game in February, things might be a little bit different. So we are currently Yeah. Mm. With uh ECAC is just above us. We're at 411. Um, ECAC is at 449. Uh, Hockey East and NCHC are uh, 618 and 597. And then the Big Ten is 750. Big Ten said a good, this is a Big Ten. This is a Big Ten year, I think. This is going to be the year. Well, I you think. can say that all the all you want, but they're eight zero and one against Atlantic Hockey, eight and two against us, and pretty much like they've played two games against ECAC. They're below five hundred against Hockey East, and eight and five against uh, the NCHC. Pardon me for not using all your random abbreviations, Matt. Um, and I oh, think yeah. that I think that seven fifty does include the independence somewhere because the 48 is not eight plus ace plus ace plus one plus three so yeah that's got to be in there um so yeah and i know i know i got bored at some point uh yesterday and i went through the pairwise predictor on chn and gave the ccha wins in all their non-conference games left that were 
that I was allowed to enter and it got tech. I forget who else. It got like three teams in the top 18 just doing that. So I granted some of that's because tech gets three wins out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, granted, it's going to be tough to do that since I think St. Thomas and Bemidji still play Duluth. Not that Duluth is having a great season, so those are winnable. But I don't I pick really Bemidji expect... to take down Duluth. I do, but I don't know about St. Thomas. I don't Probably know. not. I like I like St. Thomas right now. They they're a lot better. I mean they're they're not they're not super dynamic, but they're a lot quicker. Um, yeah. I like some of their freshmen. It's they're they're gonna factor I, in like you just see how far ahead they are at Lake State right now. Like Yeah, well I said I think I said last week or the week before on the podcast that I'm really glad that we got the road series against St. Thomas out of the way first and got some wins out of it because I think they're going to be a very difficult team like I don't know how much they're going to win but they're not going to be an easy victory for anybody in the second half as they get better and I'm glad that we get to host them in for the other series this year yeah that's a big deal I'm I'm I was surprised we were able to escape St. Thomas with all six points this year even though I like to dunk on a bunch last year I still don't think they're a fabulous team I do agree with you they're starting to put together some Solid hockey, I think. Rico's plan is starting to take shape with uh, the group that he's got, and I think it'll be a big deal that we play St. Thomas in Houghton in the second half. I don't know if I would have liked that matchup in uh, Mendota Heights in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. You guys specifically, it's um, – I mean, Joe – we make a lot of jokes about how Joe at the beginning of the year was like, I'll be happy to win five games. Like, I know he wouldn't actually be happy, but, like, geez, you guys have – with like just kind of like us and like St. Thomas to agree, you guys, I would say, have way exceeded expectations so far. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I I don't think, uh, I don't think you, any of you think we would have had ten wins on December fifth. I mean, absolutely 5th? not. And I think I think last week I was talking about and Harrison. This is an extrapolation of your idea. Once we were talking after the. uh our Minnesota State series. I think if we were to if if we had awards at the half, if you were to pick a uh, first half coach of the year, I don't know how you could argue for somebody other than Joe Sean right now. No, I completely agree. It would be Joe. He'd run away with it. He'd get every vote. And and at the same time, Matt, did you get to listen to the show today? I was unable to. No. Okay. I've been so, having to deal with my dad. So one sick. of the things, and I think it's been talked about a few different times, is Joe talks so much about, like, it was a good show today because he got some good questions. Uh, like, basically, one of them was basically calling him out because he's the one that has consistently, I don't know if complain is the right word, but talked about how recruiting has not been what he's wanted it to be and and how he doesn't have the skill players that he wants and somebody basically said aren't you the one that does the recruiting (laughs) like the team is made up of the players that you brought in and and he said basically he his point was that the buck stops with me but at the same time like he's talking about his mistakes in not 
pushing the issue more and uh, I, I he he was sort of throwing his assistants under the bus that are no longer with the team as far as like letting them do their thing but at the and then like and he and a lot of it too was like talking about the it kind of came from the conversation about how much they've struggled on the power play so far this year and Jay-Z brought up an interesting point that we have more power play goals at this point in the season this year than we did last year. Now, I don't know how many opportunities we had compared to last year. I'll have to try and dig that up at some point. But he basically said we have one more power play goal through 17 games or 16 games than we did last year at this point. Um, so a lot of our power play didn't really click until the second half. And I'm not, I have a feeling we've had more opportunities this year than last year. Uh, so the percentage might be lower, even though we've scored more goals. Um, so it, it was really interesting to listen to him talk about that. And, it, and, uh, and also at the same time, it's kind of been frustrating to me to hear like, and he did come back from a commercial break and basically like, I don't, I don't know if he would, he, he explained one of his answers a little differently, basically saying like, he's like, I'm not saying we don't have good players. I'm saying basically the same problem that many coaches have is that, or like the U S national team and in soccer, like we have good players, but that finishing touch is something you can't really teach. And we don't have a lot of those guys, but if you're not Michigan or Minnesota or Boston college, most teams don't have those guys. And, and it's really hard to be Mankato and find those guys as consistently as they have considering the kind of recruiting they're doing. And, and it was just interesting to listen to him kind of explain what he was getting at. And one of the things he talked about was how excited he is about the recruits they have committed. And I don't blame them. Like on paper, a lot of the guys that they've gotten committed for the next couple of years look really good, but they got to get to campus. And I don't know, like, I know we've seen some comments on Discord from fan, uh, from fans complaining that, like, it's got to be hard on the team if what he says on the show or post game gets back to them about how he doesn't have the the skill players he wants or whatever, or ragging on where they came from in it. And part of me feels like, I don't know, whatever he's doing, it's working. <laughs> like he's getting a lot out of his players for, for what they're supposed to be or what they yeah, were I, previously. I almost wonder if they are using it as bulletin board material because it's just one of those things. I feel like if I'm being called out by my coach that way, I would want to go out there and prove them wrong. Maybe that's the approach the players are taking. Maybe Joe's playing some kind of mind game that way. I don't know. But like I said, when we won, we were wearing those white jerseys that I hate. If it's working, it's working. I don't, I don't care what we're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would, I'd be willing to venture a bet that he's telling those guys that to their face. Not, not maybe in the same way he would in an interview. Yeah. But you guys know how honest Joe is. Like Joe's yeah. like... No, I mean, we, we talked about how he said, you know, after the the sweep in Alaska about something about like, enjoy it boys. Cause he didn't know how many games they were going to win this year. And it feels like 
maybe he did have I, I understand why he had low expectations because the last time we had this much turnover, it did not go well. He lost the locker room. It went very poorly for him. And I can see why he was hesitant to put much for expectations on this team because of that. And I and it, part of me feels like he has found that this team responds well to being called out. Yeah. So he's continued to do it because it's working. Yeah. Like I and like you said, I don't think anything they're hearing on the radio show or the post games is news to them because they're hearing it in his meetings, in his talking to them. Like that would be more troubling to me if that's if stuff on the radio show is news to them. That's not the way you should be giving them that information. But to continue to to press those buttons of of Joe calling them underdogs and them thriving on it. That's not a bad thing to keep doing if, if it keeps working. Yeah. And like every, there are other coaches in that locker room that their job is to, to pump them up and make them feel better. Like I bet you Max Fredrickson, this is just my bet from knowing him. Max Fredrickson is Pat on the back guy. Probably he's the guy that can feel good about themselves. Um, We, we have coaches that are, you know, Bob, I, I don't know. Bob's Bob's definitely not as straight up as Joe, but not in a bad way. Um, we have other coaches whose job. I don't is, know if there's anybody as straight up as Joe. No, so. there's, there's probably nobody that's ever been born that's as straight up as Joe. <laughs> he's, 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 own, he, he's, he's on his own planet. I do love him for it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's. I would be, like I said, I'd be willing to bet that that's that's the role he feels that he should have. I would really be more interested to like take a time machine to go back to see how he was as an assistant coach under certain coaches to see what role he played as an assistant coach. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to maybe hit on that too hard, but I have some, I wonder a bit. About what Joe was like as an assistant. Yeah. I wonder if he was, I wouldn't say he's an enforcer, but I wonder if he was kind of the guy that's getting in people's faces as an assistant that whole time or, if they had a different my understanding just from yeah. I was on campus during a lot of that it was my understanding that it was quite the opposite I believe that Joe was like the the players coach the the, the, the lovable father figure yeah 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 it, that's exactly the impression that I've gotten from from players and so I think that I think that's that's the impression that I've yeah. gotten from everything because that's because uh, that was the impression I got especially with the way Joe talked about not really realizing the transition and the dynamic uh, from being assistant to head coach and and the the ability to get information from the goalies because he was now the head coach and how important it was to have Jamie Phillips as an assistant to be that middleman to be the good guy so that the play the goalies were more comfortable speaking openly because it wasn't directly to the head coach. Yeah. And so. that makes me feel like the the he was the players coach good guy father figure, but not like the stern father figure type, you know. Yeah. That makes that makes sense based on what the staff makeup used to be, but I won't hit on that too hard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair. We don't need to go there. We've talked about that guy enough.
Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. So we're not quite at the midway point, but what in the hell do we make of this league? I mean, in December, did any of us think Bowling Green would be looking down at the bottom of the league or be looking down at everyone else in the league? Minnesota State would be third. Lake State would be as bad as they are. I think everybody's biggest surprise is Lake State. Um, I don't know. Do you guys agree with – although maybe take Michigan Tech out of the equation because that might be your biggest surprise. I'll take tech out of the equation and I'll agree with you. I, I, well, I don't, well, actually I'm not sure because I expected um, Lake state to finish third from bottom. I expected them to be head of uh, you guys in St. Thomas. That was what, so it's not like blown out of the water. Ridiculous for me to see him on the bottom, but just the way in which they've fallen that far where they've only got two points. You know, and they're from tech. One yeah. I'm, <laughs> What's they that? Have, they have one win. Yeah, they have one win, and it's just one win, and it wasn't in conference. I've right? listen, yeah. You guys know me. I've been there. That's not a fun. That's not a fun place. Like no, it's not. Like it's, we're not too far removed from that kind of stuff either. Yeah. No. I mean, I I had a lot of questions when they got voted up as high as they did. Like my biggest questions were secondary scoring for them because I I was like, okay, Louis Boudon and Brandon Percelli, like those guys, they're are a wine deep team. Yeah, they're they're gonna get there. They're gonna get theirs. I felt like on defense they lost some stuff that I cared about, and I felt like in goal their goalies might have overachieved at times last year. Not that they're bad, but um, I thought they definitely overperformed, and now it's gone the other direction. There, the secondary scoring has been a much more glaring issue. Like, so I guess I didn't pick them at the bottom, but I was a little surprised they were picked as high as they were. I think. Yeah, I was surprised because I remember when I read the article, like I hate to drag Tim any more than I already have because he's already gone back and said Lake State has proven me wrong. They're bad. Like, so I don't want to drag him any more than we did. But when his article came out, when he picked them to win the league, I think to an extent he was trying to be provocative. But I was just like, because he was talking about how Lake State had a 1A, 1B goaltending situation. And I was just like, I think that's a 3A, 3B goaltending situation. And we went through this earlier this year. And Dustin's already smiling. We talked about this. Where like on on a top team, on a Bowling Green, on a Tech, on a Bemidji, on a Minnesota State, do you think any of those guys are their number one if they have their guys right now? Like I said, uh, I don't take I don't take either of their goalies over either of our goalies. Like I I start what's his name, Varanen? Max Varanen, yeah, Varanen every time over either one of Lake State's goalies. 
you guys have seen our goal is I wouldn't start anybody. I, the only one I might consider. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't think I'd start anybody over our goalies. Everybody wants Blake Piedela, but if I had to sacrifice both my goalies to get Blake Piedela, I'm keeping both my goalies just because I know if one gets hurt or one gets tired, I can go to the other one. No, that's nothing against Blake. I didn't want to. I wanted to find a way to say that that wasn't something to Blake because Blake's incredible. <laughs> just I want to preface that. No, Blake, I Blake probably doesn't listen to this anyways. And I also feel like I'm our guessing there's a Piedela somewhere that does though. To, well, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know it's a little like part of the problem looking at the standings is the the four game differential between some teams. But if you go points per game, like Fair State's home ice right now ahead of Minnesota State. Chaos, baby. Brutus <laughs> <laughs> intensifies. And I know that you said that. Um take tech out of it but i really think like for me the fact that tech is playing as well as they have is the biggest surprise i completely thought that tech was going to a bottom half team this year well, and it, and it's top to bottom too because i didn't think i didn't think we'd end up with a guy like mosley who's top 20 in the country in scoring and right. and then i'm sure a lot of joe's apprehension towards this season Beyond the offense lost is uh, he's got Leip and Thorne and everybody else was unproven on defense. And that's uh-huh. a lot to overcome, especially with the number of games they've missed. Like, I don't, I don't really like Northern Michigan's a pretty good team. How do you go into a game with the defense they had this weekend? Like, it's really good that O'Connell came back in time. Uh, but like the last two weekends, Tech's gotten eight points from uh, Minnesota State and uh, Northern Michigan, two teams that were picked, like basically split to finish first uh, preseason. And we did it with a bunch of guys, like even the guys that Joe Prowley was counting on did weren't available to play on defense. You know, like For- forwards playing defense. Yeah. And not yeah. one, like several nights you've had multiple. Like, yeah. Yeah. You've been back and several, like I keep watching it happens. Like, how are you guys getting away with this? <laughs> it's incredible. That's why, that's why, like, if you're asking me to vote now, I'm voting Joe for coach of the year. No, it's, yeah. That said, if our points percentage stays what it is, I might be voting for Bob instead. But um, understandable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, that'd be close if we keep this up. I think Rico's got to get a vote or two just for the fact that the Tommies are like just a bit more respectable this year and looking like they're not going to fall towards the bottom if Lake State stays on their trajectory. Yeah, but we, we, okay, what about what about Bemidji State Territory? Like, where did you have them, Fair, uh, Harrison? Huh? Yeah, you guys know I didn't have them very high. Yeah, but... and here they are in first place, basically in points per game, because I'm in points. I'm a big uh, dumb idiot, and Tom Territory is like he's never bet. You never bet against Tom Territory. I don't. No, you me. never bet against the Territory. <laughs> no, you can't do it. They're just too, they're so sneaky. You look at them and you're like, oh, they're going to depend on a lot of freshmen to score. No, no problem. We'll just go beat everyone. Like yeah, it's, I don't know. You could never cap those guys out. But the no. thing is, let's say our points percentage stays the same, and you guys continue to achieve 
not at this level, but near this level, Tom Seratori is finishing second because everyone just expects Tom Seratori to be good. Yeah. That's it'll be true. Joe or Tom. And Tom will finish second. And Bemidji fans should feel hacked off by that a little I mean, bit. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the coach of the year is if if any team wins this league that isn't Mankato, the, the coach that does that is coach of the year, right? Like that's what the voting is going to be. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any team that could win it, that wouldn't, I don't think there is grant would grant would win coach of the year. If they win it. Um, Ty Eigner probably. Yeah. I, I think every coach that would win it other than that would win. coach. It, of the year. Whoever unseats Mankato is going to win coach of the year. Yeah. I could still see like, uh, Bob Daniels winning if they finish second or something, because they they yeah. were that's far different than expectations versus. Uh, it would have to be it would have to be drastic. We'd have to be at least second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would mean Minnesota State would be at least third in that situation. <laughs> yeah, would be which would be insanity because they are like all like joking aside about this weekend they are really good. They just they didn't finish. You know what they were missing? Uh, the Hobie Baker, a Hobie Baker winning goaltender. I, I gotta <laughs> say this about that. I didn't think Mike Hastings said uh, in his media, "We gotta address our save percentage." And like, yeah, but I actually thought Keenan Rance here. Like, they gave us, I think, ten or twelve odd man rushes this weekend, and he gave up three goals, uh, one, two breakaways, and. One shot that was deflected past him, and like I look, mm-hmm. at it, I was like, God, I don't know that Keenan Rancier really played all that bad this weekend. He played pretty well against you guys, didn't he? Yeah, and there's yeah. also the the extent to which, um, just when you're cold, when you're not seeing a lot of shots, sometimes it's tough to get yeah. back into that rhythm. Sometimes when you're seeing a whole bunch of shots, you're like, you're you're dialed in, you're ready to go, you're not gonna let anything go by you. But if you're cold. It can be really tough to to get back into a rhythm when something comes back your way. Well, when we scored the game winner on Saturday, uh, with like four fifty nine left, the shots in the third period in the box score were two two in the third period. At that point, there was a combined four shots on goal, which means both goalies at that point were ice cold. So I, I you know, I wouldn't call our goal an innocuous shot, but it seemed like a kind of innocuous possession before we scored it. Yeah, and that's definitely a learned skill for a goalie is to find a way to stay in the game and be ready when you're only seeing 12, 15 shots in a game. For sure. One of the things that really made uh, Hobie Baker winner, Dryden McKay, what he was, was his ability to stay in those games and not screw up too many of those opportunities. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And there were times where I didn't give him enough credit like, throughout his career. And then at the end of it, I, I really started to see more of it. And um, I think the biggest issue for me with Dryden McKay was that he didn't ever really play well in our rink. Because yeah. our rink is such a, you guys know, our rink is such a bandbox. Like it just, well, things happen really quick. And not a lot of goalies play well in our rink, typically. It's a tough one, I think, to get used to. The The sight lines are weird, I'm sure, for for the players even right compared and the I'm sure it's just a weird place compared to a lot of uh, a lot of other rinks but St. Thomas is a lot that way too yeah St. Thomas also has weird their boards aren't even so if you rim it 
things will kick out into the middle, which actually happened to us at Minnesota State. I, there's something going on with their boards because we rimmed it a couple times and, it, and pucks kicked out of the corner into the middle of the ice. So there are a couple of rinks. Huntsville, Huntsville used to be that way really bad, like abhorrently bad. Like, I don't think the boards were straight behind the net. I think they were like zigzag, <laughs> honestly. It was ridiculous. Yeah, just some Jeez. weird rinks. Somehow that's not surprising to me. No, I'm good friends with their former broadcaster, uh, Peyton Turner. She's actually he was uh, the most recent one, not the one before that was. Um, yeah, he was the he was the one that was actually good. Yeah, not the guy. Not, I don't want to say that. The, I, I, I I know, but the one that was more of a traditional, yeah. more of what somebody would who is a traditional hockey fan would be have an easy time following. Maybe that's a nicer way to say it. Yeah, Peyton was Peyton was that, um, and Peyton has several clips of him just making fun of the boards in Huntsville that I've listened to. He's like, these boards are ridiculous. Somebody needs to fix these. Like he's the home broadcaster in the athletic department. Never said a word about it. That's always my favorite. <sighs> we've had, we have some good broadcast characters in our league between, between uh, Sully at Minnesota state, Dirk. Dirk is such a fun guy. Cause he's Dirk is in a band too, or wasn't a band. Is he still, I believe he still is. Yeah, Dirk is in a band, and then, and then he's just calling hockey games, and then like he takes his headset off. He's really super quiet for the most part. <laughs> well, then I love the the Bemidji broadcast answering any questions asked. That that's always fun. What was Super Lasagna that the one you uh, asked him, Matt? Uh, Mega Lasagna. I did ask him that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I'm him and I are doing the CCHA podcast tomorrow night, but I do like. I actually, I asked him one when I missed that series because it was a wedding. And uh, he goes, I recognize the email and you should be at the wedding dancing right now, Harrison. And I was like, dang it. Like on the broadcast, dang it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love that. No, we've, it's a good like fraternity of broadcasters for the most part. I, I like I like all of them. They're all, they're all unique in their own way. Just like uh, I brought up, not to go on a tangent, but I brought up Dirk's like emotional investment in that Minnesota State series, like how you could tell he was like very much into the game. Yeah, that was me this past weekend, especially especially on Saturday, because Friday we just didn't have the puck, and I didn't. I don't know that I ever really believed until the game was over. But on Saturday, we've had those. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> tough tough to believe until that last whistle, huh? Saturday. Um, <laughs> Saturday we went down two nothing, and I heard the Olay song twice in the first three minutes. And I was like, "This is gonna snowball. I'm gonna hear this damn Olay song." <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, I had PTSD from all the times we've been in there and, and played bad and heard it a ton. Um, and we came back, and actually, if you listen to the last like, like the last like minute fifteen, it literally sounded like I was doing Miracle on Ice. I was talking at like a thousand words a minute the Minnesota state coaches sitting next to me in the press box were so sick of me by the end of it. And it was, I, I can't even describe like the emotional investment I put into the end of that game. I need to go back and watch those highlights. This sounds amazing. <laughs> I have the, I have the full game recorded on my computer. I'm gonna hang out of that for a while. That's going to be, <laughs> you absolutely should. It should. You should put, you should put that somewhere safe in a drop box or something. Oh, don't worry. It's on like five different devices already. If there's, if there's one thing that the last three weekends for Minnesota State have shown, it's that 
like the, the ccha is kind of set up this year that like we're all smelling blood in the water with minnesota state to some extent that like you're getting a chance to take down the champ so everybody's getting up for these games and they're showing up and and it's been like i'm gonna be excited to see somebody else raise the trophy even if it's not michigan tech just because one of the problems you have with the ccha is the feeling in the country to some extent that it's kind of a one team league like everybody it's minnesota state and everybody else to some extent like as mo- as great as it would have been for the conference to get that national title under that banner it still would have kind of been like yeah but what have the rest of the teams done and and this is the year to kind of show that hopefully and hopefully the the non-conference the rest of the way can go well enough that this league finds a way to sneak two teams in but i don't think that's gonna happen uh because i just i you know michigan tech's the only one in the top 20 one of the few teams that has four non-conference games left and if tech's not the one that stays in the top 16 i don't know who's going to yeah basically the only the only chance at this point is if tech goes out and plays well the rest of the year and gets top 10 or so and then loses the championship game to someone, right? No, no, I don't think any other team in the league can put together a run to get high enough that they can lose a championship game. I'd have to look at the non-conference again because I thought there was somebody else that had four left. But yeah, like it's going to take a lot. It's either going to have, it's either going to take collectively the conference going almost undefeated in non-conference play the rest of the year and a, and then a couple teams really rising to the top within the conference so they're not losing out on win percentage to but the, but the odds are that nobody's going to get there and it's going to be a one bid team uh, league unless Michigan Tech can find a way to stay there and isn't the auto bid GLI championship would go a long way to help that if we can get that comparison against Western and Michigan State. Yeah, well, I mean, like the opportunity. I mean, we have to. We might yeah. have to be fair to get the comparison against Michigan State, but we'd still get it against them. So right, but it'd the, be nice. It's it's not just the GLI because look ahead to Arizona. Arizona. Yep. And you get it. You could have a potential chance against BU there. Yeah, that'd be and that would, enormous. That would be huge. That'd enormous. Be huge. Yeah. I would say I would say this about the Minnesota State thing, like. I just went back and looked because I was curious. So we went to the national championship game in 2012, and we went 16, 16, and 5 the next year with a largely similar group of players and arguably a better goaltender. Um, now, Minnesota State did graduate a lot. Like, that's well-documented. But, like, a lot of our core guys were still there the next year, but everybody was ready for us. Yeah. We didn't surprise anybody. And, and they came in with the same mentality, like, we get to knock these guys off. And I think I think uh, their losses in the roster, it's, it's going to compound on them. I think they'll get a lot better because they do possess the puck better than most teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for a few weeks here, they're going to struggle. They got a guy coming back after Christmas that I'm excited to see. Um, and if they get Sam Morton back, that would probably go a long way for them too, just finishing a little bit more. But it's kind of a testament to Mankato that, they have been that team that everybody's been targeting for five years and they've maintained it until now. Yeah. Yeah. You're always going to have one 
eventually when they became for real and got to that final four in the national title game, like eventually you were just going to have to have one of those players. Like you can't just be, they've had a couple oh. of years, like 16, 17, uh, 15, 16. They were co-McDonald champions, but I don't think they were as good as the, as they'd been. So every, every team does. I mean, North Dakota's having a down year this year. And you talk about North Dakota's always good, right? They're not very good this year. Brad Barry probably should go out in public too much the way they're talking about him on Twitter. Well, especially <laughs> with the uh, that licensing deal for the Nodak name and his daughter's business. Oh, God. Yeah, that was interesting. That's real bad news. <laughs> That's some real bad news. Interesting. <laughs> That's probably the one like national thing we could have talked about, but I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it is crazy just how good. But yeah, the, this is this this season feels a lot like sixteen seventeen to me for uh, the league as a whole. Um, with where it's headed, where other than tech, nobody's really that high up, and then you, um, well, this isn't going to work because it's not the right. I was going to try and pull up the standings for that year. Edit it out. Edit it out. CCHA, but kind of hard to do that when it was a different conference, though. (laughs) Oh, you mean the WCHA stats aren't in the CCHA website? Oh, you got to go somewhere else for the dub chaw stats. (laughs) Had to give you a chance to drop that, didn't I? Yep. (laughs) Bob, Bob, this weekend, halfway through one of the interviews, said WCH. I mean, CCHA, like, he do, he still does it every once in a while. Yeah. He stops himself. And he's a CCHA, the original CCHA guy. Well, I, I, if, I have one good Bob story that I can tell on this podcast. But I probably wouldn't tell on other podcasts. Um, so he was obviously upset with the way that whole thing went down in 13-14. Because uh, he, you know, obviously we love playing Michigan and Notre Dame and all that. And I don't know, did you guys love the old WCHA as much as we loved the old CCHA? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. We talk about it all the time. Um, so we were, uh, we had media availability at the 2013 14 Final Five in Grand Rapids. And it's the first year of the WCHA, and we've won the regular season and played really well. And we go to the media availability, and Bob, like, is wearing like a shirt and tie and goes, oh, hold on a sec. And he goes back into the coach's room and puts on a CCHA pullover with the biggest CCHA logo ever on it at media availability for this thing. And is standing in front of a big WCHA backdrop and everything. (laughs) And I know he did it on purpose, but like he was still, I think he was still miffed about the way things had gone down. And he got, it got better after time, but he definitely did it on purpose one time. And I, I get a good kick out of that. Well, I mean, I think he's not the only one. Not even like talking fans and like guys like us, but within programs that had the same, you know, within yeah. the actual schools and athletic departments that have the same point of view on that. He's not alone. I got to a point where I accepted it and I like the league. I like the new CCHA. I really do. I, I do. like this league the way it is now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, what Augustana does to the league and what that means beyond next year um but yeah and i was actually now that i'm looking at it it was the 2015-16 season is the one that i'm looking at um where tech and minnesota state were conference co-champions 
but neither of them made the tournament because Ferris upset both of them in the tournament. That's the one. That was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. I that. remember that. Yeah. R.I.P. Butch or Butch. So. I do remember. Oh gosh, yeah. I I successfully brought that out of my mind. I hope <laughs> I never see somebody die live at a hockey game ever again. That was horrific. I have his sticker, the twelve sticker on my headset still. Um, but I remember, Matt, you were in the student section back then. Was that sure when, was? Was that when you guys decided we're going to go cheer for Ferris the next night? Well, I I forgot who it was, but there were a few guys that like came over. They saw us like looking around all sad, and they're like, "You guys want to come cheer with us?" And I was, and my my immediate response before I let anyone say yes, like, "You guys got t-shirts?" And they're like, "Yeah, we do." And I was like, "Let's go!" So yes, <laughs> that was when that happened. That was that was a good time. I did enjoy that. Yeah. I also enjoyed when we did the intro video, and um, we had all four teams fans in the building, and anytime they saw one of their own players, everyone just went nuts. Like yeah. just like it would just be like different fan sections around the building just started going nuts out of nowhere. I was, I was like, "This is kind of fun." It worked out well. Mm-hmm. And I believe the 2015 tournament is the year I got yelled at. Who'd you get yelled at by? That uh, was in. I got you have my to be more specific. You've gotten yelled at a lot. I was not allowed to have a press pass for the regionals because I took my shirt off after Tech beat Bowling Green at the final five at the X. And because Suzanne didn't realize I both had game tickets and a press pass. Yeah, no offense. That's not really a great look. <laughs> I was attending the game as a fan. I had a ticket. Where where were you when you took your shirt off? The front row. Okay. Yeah. No, that's not a bad. Idea. If you were in the press box. Oh, I no. Would... I would not dare do that in the press box. No. <laughs> okay. So if Okay, I think Tim's in the right here, right? If you, I think it was a know, misunderstanding that they did not realize that I had both a press pass and a ticket. Even okay. if you're in the media, you can turn that off and become a fan if you have a ticket to the game and go sit in the seats. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, there's the extent to which they let you in the building for free with a media pass. He had a ticket. I had a ticket. I, 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 to the I game. know. I know. I'm just saying. I know where the under the misunderstanding. I was. understand so why there, it happened, but I yeah. was not in the wrong. Yeah, yeah no, that's what no. I'm trying well, to say. I think, like I think what... just on the press pass and then just like went around and like effed off and that's what they thought you did. Like that's yeah. I think yeah. what I think what Brandon Brandon made the point of if you were planning on attending at a, as a fan, you shouldn't have picked up your press pass. And I was like, Yeah, but I wanted the free soda and popcorn and the line charts and <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, so you just walk in there for a little bit and step on out when you're done. You texted yep. me, I would have brought all that stuff down for you. I was still a student intern. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of you my, back then. That's one of my favorite parts about being press at Ferris. If I can suppress my fan urges enough to do that from time to time, and I appreciate you letting me do that um, uh, during COVID season. But it was just nice that there's just like unlimited Pepsi at Ferris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sitting there crushing Pepsi. Pepsis. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't really drink pop, but I do drink Diet Coke, and Diet Pepsi is. Like the devil's water. It's the worst. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get close to it. It's so I understand how hard it is to want to or to accept the other when you like one of them. Uh, I hate I Pepsi. Do I don't. I don't think there's a thing, single thing that Pepsi makes that I can drink. Aquafina, much better than Dasani. Oh well, I could drink Aquafina. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's not saying but, a whole lot. But I like Dasani you know doesn't what? freeze correctly. What are they doing to it? There's salt. Used... Too much salt in the design. That's why. What's wrong? What's wrong with uh, Mountain Dew? I don't like Mountain Dew. I hate Mountain Dew. It's better than Mellow Yellow. I don't like that either, though. 
I don't and drink honestly, either of them anymore. But the only the the only pop that I drink now is pretty much squirt. That's all I drink. I, I used to drink for, for mixers. <laughs> I used to drink Coke a lot, and I don't drink annoying Coke. Yeah. No, my mixers are usually either Sprite or Seven Up. I basically drink uh, root beer now, and uh, I love and, root beer and Sprite if they don't have root beer. Well, that's, that's about a good it. question. So, Harrison, is root beer just barbecue water? <laughs> what the fuck does that barbecue mean? Barbecue water? It's, no, that's literally what it is. He's right. Isn't that what Dr. Pepper is? No, Dr. Pepper's... Dr. Pepper's, like, on its own planet. I don't even know what the but flavor that's, is. But that's more, that's more barbecue, isn't it? Here's, like, root beer is vanilla. Like, the flavor in root beer is vanilla. Some of it is. Not all root beers have a strong vanilla flavor. A lot of it is sassafras as well. Well, fake really? sassafras now, but yeah. I always taste vanilla yeah. when I taste it. But when That's I taste Dr. Pepper, I don't taste other things. I just taste Dr. Pepper. Uh, the only detectable yeah, what do you, flavor do I get you in Dr. Taste, Pepper is the cherry. But do you There's taste some... anything else in root beer? You ta- like... Root beer is a flavor in itself. Taste... Like Root beer yeah. is root beer. Yeah, I, I taste vanilla when I taste root beer. Well, it depends on the brand, yeah. Like I, I, if you get I 1919, so. it can be more vanilla, but yeah, but that's but a vanilla root beer, not a root beer. I, I think... can't, I can't pick another flavor out of Dr Pepper. It's just Dr Pepper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I I agree. I think the same thing for Dr Pepper and root beer. They they're they're just their own flavors. They're not. They don't taste like anything except for what like Dr Pepper and root beer. So yeah. like, just what I'm trying to get at here is like, think of like water as like unseasoned grilled chicken okay well water is better than unseasoned is root beer is well you're you're exactly right but at that at that degree is root beer barbecue water i'm gonna hold the ice okay Uh, well root beer is better than water so i guess if that's what you mean yeah because unseasoned chicken is useless it's a waste of chicken what is the best bottled water that's the one i want to know because everybody actually had a lot of people i know have like a really strong opinion honestly the best bottled water is usually the cheapest crap you can get at the gas station i was about to say that's always the one the one at the bottom shelf the one on the bottom shelf that comes in the gallon that just says like yes like insert random town name water like it's because that's the best one every time yes it always is it always is it tastes great it's the cheapest one and you get a bunch like the generic generic stuff Yes. I would say either that. Here's the thing. I always get, I'll, I'll get Fiji every once in a while, and I'm always dissatisfied with Fiji. I think yeah. Fiji might actually be the worst. I think they overpromise. I don't think it's necessarily the worst. I think it's because you feel like you you look at it, you're like, this is going to be like delicious water from this tropical destination, and it's just like a regular water, you know? Yeah. But I, I I think you overpay for what you get, and the square bottle's kind of neat. Like, but the sneaky, the sneaky French people decided they could sell Americans bottled water, so it still bothers me. They think the French are the ones that invented bottled water for sale. I do believe. I think it was Perrier where they did sparkling, and then they realized we could do this with regular water too and make a killing. And that was the. They're just like, oh, oh stupid Americans! Like, and then yep. I like the um. Was it? Is it? Poland Springs or Polish Springs? Poland Have you Springs? ever heard that? Poland Springs. Spring, yeah. That is the same brand as Ice Mountain. It's literally yeah. a regionalized version of it. Yep. 
Okay, so that's why I like it. Ice Mountain, yep. Poland Springs, those are both yep. good. So it says Arrowhead Water, Deer Park, Spring yep. Water, Ice Mountain, Nestle Pure you Life, Ozark. You can thank Nestle for stealing Poland all that water Spring, from Muskegon. And Zephyr Hills are all the same. Those are all the good ones. Yep. Yeah, Ice <laughs> Mountain doesn't one. come from no mountains. There's from Nestle stealing a bunch of water from Muskegon, but that's a topic for another time. I don't think we could have covered any more today if we tried. <laughs> that's a good point you, you, you want to get out of here Harrison you've more than fulfilled your commitment no thanks Harrison time every week. but uh, no I just once we got to bottled water I was like wow we really have covered it all today yep. yeah <laughs> well thanks for joining us Harrison yeah thanks for having me we'll, uh, we'll talk soon I'm sure oh I'm sure we will thank you keep being chaos as long as it's against us not against us. Not against us. See you guys at the GLI. See ya. See ya. <laughs> yeah. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting uh, patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above get access to quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth, and more. We're going to try and get one of those set up here shortly. Uh, pay attention to Patreon for that information. Uh, we've also got Instat, thanks to our patrons and Livonia Technical Services. Please check out Augie's articles. Um, they are pretty awesome. And check out last week's episode for a more in-depth analysis on, on how that came about and what we've been doing and what we want to do next. Uh, patrons that are back level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Uh, one other thing that I should have said before I started the outro, since half of you don't listen to this part, I printed labels today. So all of you that ordered 100th season jerseys and haven't gotten them in the mail yet, I'm hoping to get them closed up and in the mail tomorrow. So before you hear this, they should be in the mail. Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive access to the unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at chasing Mac pod or at tech hockey guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know. We'll make it happen. The more you rate review and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, we're going to try something. We've been trying it. We need to get more. If you give us a five-star rating and leave a review, Dustin will read the, view, read the review that you leave, no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and reviews, and let's see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction, and our patron saint, Doc McCresson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.